Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Deadly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick here to review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, NXT. But oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a really good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Monday Night Raw and another eventful show, Hamlet. Yeah, um, I am a man of simple pleasures, hence why I've stuck with this mostly bang average product all my stinking life. But Triple H basically just continues to like... Keep on making my favourite show. <laughs> like, it's just all about balance. I Your favourite show? I just need some, like, blandness <laughs> in with a few things that I genuinely love. You know how, like, thrilled you were by the, Dynamite. Early, the early days of it's Dynamite? It's better than Raw. Yeah. Mm. Of course it is. Of course it is. Like, Dynamite is better than Raw. But, like, AW, like, requires more of me. And I wish to give it that most of the time. But, like, wrestling's my, my go-to, my safety. And, like... Raw is providing that. I really enjoyed this. Mm. And even the things I didn't like, which we will get into here, like, I'm just, I don't hate it and I don't resent it. Like, I'm feeling very little resentment to WWE and that's like, I'm riding that wave. Like, it, I resented it for such a long time under Vince McMahon. Um, not in some of the chaos periods, because we, we could have fun with it. Yes. But strictly speaking, as a fan, like, I just, I came to really resent it, and I'm not resenting this this experience of three-hour rolls at all. You always, say, you, always, you always say grading on, you don't like it. You always say grading on a curve. I think these shows absolutely fly by now. I love these. Oh. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I thought it was tremendously boring. Other than something shocking, which we'll get to, my investment in these stories and these characters really wasn't advanced in any meaningful way. <laughs> I was just bored by the same combinations of promos and matches and genuinely the act this show is kind of built around at the minute is terrible <laughs> and I will drill into why it's terrible and it's the crux of the show. If you don't like this thing, Dominic Mysterio, <laughs> then you don't like the show and I think Dominic Mysterio is actively pretty bad. You know, um, you know the episode of Friends 
where Ross is like, my sandwich, because it's all he's got in his life at the moment, and like the fact that it's got thrown away is just not on. And we've obviously discussed before how I kind of get on board with condiments. So like getting a sandwich in most shops is difficult. Raw this week was when you go into Tesco's and there's that one in the corner that just says, just cheese, like that. <laughs> that is my sandwich because it's the only one I can get from the meal deal. And that's what you this raw- You get dynamite in the meal deal. That's what, well, I can't because I can't eat what the dynamite could the sandwiches are because they're full of flavor and fun and excitement and yeah. like diverse toppings. It's like, can't have that, can't have that. Get them off with the dynamite sandwich though, so that's good. That is true, yeah, and like eight cans that you neck <laughs> over the course of one conversation. I can't believe this. I genuinely thought this would be the morning where I was like, oh, so boring this. So familiar. Dominic Mysterio's pretty bad, and he's the, Did you not he's like the how centerpiece the, of this show. You know, like how they lit it, like the, um, the end section of the Krypton Factor, where they're all just floating oh. heads answering questions. I, I it liked it where he Googled, what do bad guys do? Just read Sneer and went, cool. <laughs> Got <laughs> it. <laughs> like, I do not think he is good, and there was a lot of Judgment Day stuff on this show, and I don't think it's a good stable. I don't think it's an interesting storyline. I don't think the performances are very good. I thought across the board the dialogue was so incredibly stilted. Not a fan. Gargano versus Gable. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. And it was great. And I'm going to praise it. But I will say, I think I'm going to be quite, not critical, but I'm not. I'm going to be nowhere near as high on a thing that I have a feeling Wilborn loved. So we'll get to that as well. Because mm. uh, I think there was something that you um, were was huge it Marie's? on. Well, no, but we're obviously... Yeah. Just get, them, get the uh, soundboard ready. <laughs> not yet. Save it. It's coming. <laughs> oh god it is come tuesday what's it it is the one yeah <laughs> what's it our review of the segment are yeah. you, you cag it's as we always say about wwe why not both uh right the show started <laughs> with seth oh god oh. great he comes out uh crowd chants <laughs> his song he's a heel but still um he brags about being Matt Riddle, uh, and everyone's singing his song, and he says, look, yeah, Riddle is, uh, he wants another rematch, but he's not interested in that. Uh, you think about what was next, and the crowd were trying to remind him, it's, it's the rematch, do the rematch. And he said, no, 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 it's been far too long since I've held championship goal, but before he can go any further, bro, hits. Uh, and he comes out and says, bro, uh, and then runs out to the ring, attacks Rollins, they brawl, they brawl into the crowd. Uh, Rollins gets out of dodge, but before Riddle can go after him, uh, the uh, Judgment Day's music hits, and out comes Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And they go, hey, hey, calm down, Seabiscuit. Uh, they they offer him a spot in the Judgment Day. Um, Priest says, look, me, you, Rio, we go a long way back. You know, we, we were all in the same situation. We were stars on the rise with something or someone holding them back. But now it's part of the Judgment Day. There's nothing holding me back. And uh, Balor said, look how much... Dominic's grown already, uh, and Riddle <laughs> said, yeah, it's a fair point. We do go back a long time, but right now I'm focused on kicking Seth Rollins' ass. Turns him down, uh, and Bala says, look, I know the uh, the laws are a little relaxed in Portland, so Riddle's head must be a bit cloudy. What's he referencing there, Sige? Stand already, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bala says Riddle stands with them, or he stands in their way. Uh, and then the two get into it, and Bally attacks Balor, does Riddle, knocks Priest over the top rope. We go to a break. We know when we come back, when we get to a match. What did you make of this opening promo segment thing? Well, I think maybe we've already found where I would have enjoyed the show more than Sidgwick because I thought this was quite an effective use of the Judgment Day, like, across the evening. Like, they're on a recruitment. This weird gang of goths and now on a recruitment drive. 
Um, they've got Dominic Mysterio. They've pretty much ditched the absolute nonsense that we're at the roots of the stable. And yes. now they're just like laughing. I appreciate they're quite generic as well, but like laughing generic heels. But they're looking to like build their ranks and build their part. And I just think that kind of like the fact that they're now like included in segments with Riddle, who is being like long term, but like long term prepped for superstardom. You can see now that like there's a WWE title in Riddle's future, even yes. if it's still quite a long way away. You can see that now. Um, and it just sort of feels like by having the Judgment Day be a part of that and be like loosely associated with the Rollins Riddle story, huh. I think it elevates them too. They didn't just feel like Raw's gang of idiot losers round the back getting caught smoking tabs. Yes. Like they just like I just felt like they had a bit more agency about them, just even mixing in with other storylines rather than just being involved in like nerd stuff with the Mysterios. So I quite like this, and they've not. It was a little bit lazy how we knew they were going to go back to Riddle and Rollins. And I found that a little bit cheap. Like, I thought, like, Riddle, uh, Rollins saying out loud, now I want the US title. Oh, I want a title, and we're going to, you know, we'll get to that later, I guess. And that match will surely be fantastic. But I, it just, that feels a little bit cheap. Like, how we're going to Rollins and Riddle is just one of them, just because. They're, they're not going to do much more than because. And then we're going to get an Extreme Rules match. I, I thought, like, they'd have a little bit more in them to come up with something. It's Triple H. He's, yeah. like, he's got an out, mate. A reason to fight, I would have quite liked, and I didn't get it. Well, the reason to fight is that. I mean, yeah, Riddle wants to get his hand. He realised he was, he was too emotional. But and Rollins is like, well, I don't want the hiding he's eventually going to give me, basically. Well, but, yeah, however, he was too emotional. He lost clean because of his emotions. So, like, run it back in five or six months when Riddle has addressed what made him so emotional mm, in the first yeah, place and hit yeah, that, rather right. than just being like, this this isn't over, it'll never be over type stuff. It's like, well, that's how you quickly go to undermining how cool and clean and sort yes. of story-driven the finish was at Clash of the Castle. Uh, uh, just Seth Rollins and Riddle have a brawl that spills into the crowd again. There is no meaningful advancement in this storyline at all. It was telegraphed to within an inch of its life when you knew that they couldn't be separated and the animosity was such that they couldn't even stand the sight of each other. They were brawling before the show starts. You absolutely knew, nailed on, and it's transpired as the fate suggested, where there was a clean, but as a clean finish that justified a rematch in that, right, well, they hate each other so much that it's going to have to go to a no TQ match at Extreme Rules, and they've just done nothing to give me a twist. They've done nothing to deepen mm. my emotional yeah. investment. It's just there. I will say that I like um, that Seth Rollins at least has the idea, even if it will not be followed through yet, the idea of challenging for a title, just the idea that that is what matters, that mm. is at the core of everything that these people do. We know for a fact that Riddle is probably going to get his revenge and interfere in the US title match as and when it happens. They're setting up the... It's just a bit too dry and predictable and boring bitch. Yeah, you could go off, like, again, spitballing, but Rollins comes out. There's no riddle this week at all. Rollins comes out and says, right, good, I want a bigger, better things. I want a title shot. And then next week before the title shot, Riddle returns, says, oh, I'm back, and then delivers some unbelievable killer line. And it's Rollins who's emotionally affected by something Riddle says. And then he loses. And then it's like, they kind of ones each there because they've managed to get in each other's heads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like just yes. a little bit more creative than this kind of instant WWE Well, they're just fighting because they're fighting. So we come back from the break, and it is Matt Riddle versus... Skip. Skip. Good match, lacking heat, with a finish that you could find holes in. There's a great match elsewhere on the show. 
Yes. And that like kind of puts into perspective the purpose of this one too. I know skip means skip, but Riddle was about to win. Rollins got involved. Riddle got hit with the coup de gras. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. This week's five star review review is brought to you by Jake Smith. Uh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of a segment on Monday Night Raw, uh, you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review on there. Or you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify and just email me your review suggesting something short, crap, and wrestling-related to adam.wilborn at whatculture.com, which is exactly what Jake Smith has done. He writes... Hello! Long-time listener and big fan, as I am a scouser, I'd now like the rest of this five-star review review to be completed in the voice of the completely accurate and not offensive whatsoever, Zach Gibson impression, whatever happens to him. Just an email to say thanks for all the work and dedication that you and the Dadley boys put in to make mine and multiple fans days with your podcasts. I come here... <laughs> With high-quality wrestling takes, but particularly enjoy the obscure UK TV references, as well as the recommendations put out by all of you. Thanks. You ever seen Brookside? Yeah. Because I don't think Wilborn has. Thanks to you, I've graced my eyes in with the likes of the US Office twice and Cobra Kai with Twin Peaks and Bojack Horseman soon to be... I don't know where he's going now. <laughs> soon to be on the agenda, as well as an amazing... 120,000 word book on all elite wrestling Thanks. as well as well as developmental Thanks, as well as development developmental hell the NXT story what is that first book he was referencing there you got developmental hell that was your first book well, there was a sequel there was a different book wasn't there what's he talking about he's talking about 120,000 passionate insightful words about the form- formation and indeed rise of AEW becoming all elite the rise of AEW which is available on whichever domain you're at on Amazon. I cannot wait for the sequel to that. Stepping on dicks and empty-headed f**ks <laughs> by Michael Cedric. <laughs> uh, so Jake continues. I find... <laughs> I find myself... <laughs> I find myself... I find myself on Thursday mornings because I'm not a psychopath staying up so late on Wednesdays uh, after AW Dynamite being the Batista meme. Give me what I want (laughs) waiting for the Dynamite review to drop. Uh, For my five-star review review, please review the Rusev Summeray fish present fiasco, which I still can't believe exists and is nothing short of uh, short crap and wrestling related. Uh, I chose this because I got back into wrestling around around 2014 during the Rusev Monster Push and couldn't believe what they did to my boy straight after. Uh, Thanks again, and keep up this sweet, sweet content. Don't worry, five stars on Spotify is yours. Cheers, gents, Jake. Uh-huh. Thanks and apologies, Jake. Thanks and apologies, Jake. Some very nice words that were not reciprocated by my arsehole of a colleague. <laughs> so take us back to... Uh, so Rusev has had this monster push, yeah. US title. Unfortunately, he's lost to John Cena, of course, at WrestleMania. And then how do we get here? Malice. Yeah, Jake's nailed it <laughs> with you. Right, onto the review. Um, he's absolutely nailed it with Fiasco. Not a single person. I remember this well. It's not that long ago. Not a single Seven person. Seven years ago. Oh, yeah. Christ, it is that long ago. Not a single person wanted Rusev and Lana to split. A great act. And WWE, too often, 
stepped on their own dicks, like with great acts. And, just, Rousseau, and Rousseau's. Yeah, they wanted everybody to be split. If you're a cool tag team, split up. If you're a manager, learn to wrestle, take bumps, all that sort of stuff. And they do that bit and then have zero ideas going forward, which pretty much takes us to where we are here, which is summary presented as a parody of Lana. And Lana in this thing, which like, which honestly, I, I'm not even sure. Well, I know Triple H wouldn't do it. But I'm not even sure WWE under Vince McMahon would have attempted this now, which for 2015 is insane is, well, you babyface Lana by their words, Americanizing her. As if to suggest that, like, I remember in that jean jean jacket, jean jacket, like, every, like you've othered the entire world basically by it's not it's not a Bulgaria thing or, or a Russia thing. It's like if you're not American, you suck. And even Lex Luger on a red get white, out on a red white and blue bus, <laughs> get out. <laughs> like even he wasn't being love like, it or leave it. Love it or leave no, it. Even, yeah. It was like, at least like Lex Luger was a single issue. I don't like Japanese people agenda when he was fighting. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like he wasn't sort of like having a pop at Bulgarians. It was just like, I'm fighting for America because this big Japanese lad really doesn't like me. Like this was just absolutely, you need to sound a bit more American. Otherwise you can get out of here. Yeah. Like, and obviously then, as you can see with this promo as well, like they were like, yeah, like um, start doing American words, but like still roll your R's. It's like yeah. you, you le- you're learning as you go, bless your hair ruffling, Dov- like Dov's like ruffling her hair, then grabbing it and pulling it back. Like it was just a, an awkward, weird summer, and then Rusev and Lana, Mercy killed it with a TMZ post. Yes. So the whole thing didn't even get a payoff because they were like, in inverted commas, punishment booked out of it when I think a little bit of them were like, how the f- do we get out of this and save our careers? Post 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 <laughs> yeah. engaged. Oh, I guess that's over then. Yeah. Um... So Rusev and Samaria stood in the ring together, and Rusev is saying it's a woman's privilege to obey, but it's a man's privilege to give a woman gifts. Uh, and he is here to teach this so-called American men uh, how to treat a special woman. And the first present is a puppy, just in a box. Who's <laughs> <laughs> whose name, judging by his ugly looks, skinny legs, the fact he pees on himself, and the fact he's neutered, let's call him. Dog Ziggler! Hey! Could they not have come up with something better than Dog Ziggler? They probably did. And then it's like. <laughs> I was just waiting for Battle Cry to hit. So it's like, get away from it! <laughs> uh, Sage, do you want to do the impression of. Uh, of just, you don't have to do the accent, obviously. But just the way he delivered the line of the revelation of the main present here. It's a fish. <laughs> it's the most dead fish. Take it, it's a fish. Uh, and it's a, it's not only is it a fish, it's a headless fish. Forgot that detail. It's got no head. It's like cut down the middle as well. So yeah. it's all just... It's a, I mean, fish is disgusting enough if you're going to go where you're going to go, but... No, a headless fish. Do you reckon they cut the head off because they couldn't get it in the box? Because that was pretty crammed in already. Maybe. I did notice that they the, the sliced it through the middle as well. I thought that, like, backstage Vince was going to be raging because, like, when Summer Rae was, you know, spoiler, mm. was getting smushed into it, he was wanting, like, that Jim Ross thing. Open it up! <laughs> like, well, like, what's the point of doing it in the exterior of the fish? Like, inside the fish guts. Get That's guts. More Vince McMahon. Get his guts. Fish guts. You bitch. Get <laughs> his guts, you bitch. Come on, haven't we all gone to the woods and put our cousin in some fish guts? <laughs> That's what we all did as kids, right? Uh, and Rusev continues, let's name a cold fish after another famous cold fish that we all know. Lana! <laughs> I think the subtext here 
uh, correct us if I'm wrong. Go on. I, I think the subtext of um, Rusev presenting uh, Summer Rae with a, the cold fish is that he wanted to convey, I think, mm-hmm. that Lana just uh, lies there like a stone when he's trying to bang her. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that right? It was very subtle. I think, I, yeah, think right. I think it's right. Shut up. That's what you hear over there. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. It's Shut like up. a sting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like, the way it's like presented. To be fair, this entire... <laughs> Imagine act- that. Shut up. That would have worked, wouldn't it? They would have if they'd have Americanized her and gone, we've given us some good new new music and played that. Yeah. People would have gone, I'll buy it now. Yeah, well, I was gonna say there would have been a huge pop and she would have been headlining <laughs> WrestleMania. It is actually a privilege for a woman to leave and not just to obey. But week after week you come out here and you lie about me, says Lana. You try to embarrass and humiliate me. And you do not. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was going a little bit like worlds collide. Because like <laughs> yeah. the, the end of the sentences was when she was trying to Americanize yeah. herself. You do not succeed. Do you know? He's doing the what? fingers. He's doing the fingers, by the way. Do the hands. Because everybody can see right through you, Rusev. You dress her just like me and you kiss her while looking at me. You are pitiful, Rusev. Just like your defeats ever since you hopped up this unoriginal, wannabe, pathetic Lana. Summary says. No, she's not Tiffany Stratton, so <laughs> for a start. After all these years that he's covered up with dust, holds up the fish. <laughs> now Rusev know. Now Rusev knows what it's like to cuddle up with this. Oh my god. Right, Connex, <laughs> if you're still listening, and my God, my God, it's a good job you are because we need that mid rule ad. Oh, she delivers either. the line, Summary, yeah. you could cuddle up with this, much like a porn star. <laughs> Why are you drinking water right now? It's the worst decision you've ever made. Who's funny has just gobbled up the ninth inch. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically the direction that Vince McMahon has given her. You may want to sound like a fuck. You know, you sound like a sexy. It's so objectifying. Yeah. Basically, that is what they're trying to get across. And Wilborn enjoyed it too much. <laughs> He's the target audience of WWE, and I've had to sit next to him for six years. Stephanie McMahon's watching, back, watching backstage. She's Seven, like, five, actually. It felt like six. Stephanie's like, Dad, I'm sick of this. I think in six weeks I'm going to have to invent women's wrestling. Because <laughs> I am yeah. sick of this. Uh, and then Lana drops her with a kick. And as JBL says, not the fish. <laughs> the laziest, not the fish. Uh, sho- shoves her face into the fish. Uh, she slaps Rusev. Leaves Summeray, throws a fit, screams like Vicky Guerrero, and they cut off the bit where Rusev hoys the fish down the walkway. It goes flying. It's great. It's very um, content driven, this, isn't it? They're thinking thumbnails are like, well, there's a big fish, there's a big prop. Like these two women every week, like in these, in these like business suits, having brawls, they're just thinking of the thumbnail. We had this with Lana and Bobby Lashley years later. It was drawing. Yes. It was like sometimes like the, the quarter hour was rivaling the YouTube hit count, and you're just like, yeah, that's what this company is now. Uh, we had a game earlier on in the office before we reviewed this where I got them to guess the view counts, 
of this that's what we did we yeah, did indeed we did. Um, and yeah Hamlet was very close he said 25 it's 26 million views right Jesus now Jesus Christ they're a thumbnail company <laughs> still are Oh, a great WWE write-up as well. The little, you know, the little blurb underneath. After the Bulgarian brute showers Summer Rae with gifts, Lana delivers a revolting surprise of her own to Rusev's main squeeze. Main squeeze. Main squeeze. I only know that from wrestling. Luna was Bam Bam Bigelow's main squeeze. Miss Elizabeth there, uh, Randy Savage's main squeeze, notwithstanding. Like. That's a Vincism, isn't it? Heard it once. That would imply that Vince knows such a thing about side squeeze. It's got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that can't be right. No. That cannot be right. I mean, like, even squeeze, they're like, it's not like the person you like, you would most regularly play grab ass with. Yeah. Main squeeze. Main one. Yeah. Side, side <laughs> squeeze is funny. The primary squeeze. <laughs> so, um, we go to the comment section. Okay. It's time to play the game! Can I introduce a new game? Hence why I've just Always. pressed the button. Oh, yeah. Guess the command. Because you could have, right, on YouTube, <coughs> long-time listeners will know of this, right? The rule of the internet wrestling YouTube comment section is make everything about how you want to masturbate over <laughs> Or... In an ideal scenario, have sex with one of the titillating divas of WWE, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So much so that you could go, right, okay, I'm just sick of these internet commentators. Just, you know, I understand that you're, you're, you're a masturbation enthusiast, but, you know, I don't want to hear about that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to load up an um, image of Frank Gotch versus George Hackenschmidt, right? <laughs> George Hackenschmidt. <laughs> and then you, you go, all right, okay, it's pretty boring, actually. And... Um, I don't think it exists, um, <laughs> you know, but maybe they can just do some still images taken by a photographer at the time and do a little, like, sort of a, a time-lapse thing, and you can get a version of a match. No one could possibly talk about how horny they are here. So I'm watching George Hackenschmidt, Frank Gotch, just in a hole for an hour and a half, right? Okay, bliss. You would still get someone yeah. going, oh, I want to stir Shawn Michaels' porridge. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to guess a comment here, okay? okay. Yeah, yeah. And the comment I'm going to guess is, <laughs> well, I wish I could see their bull fishes, you know, about that about the fannies. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I wish I was that dead headless fish underneath Summary's face. I can tell you that one of you is correct. <laughs> <laughs> For the new game, hit the jingle. Guess the comment. <laughs> but before we get there, I should point out that these comments do not reflect the views of myself, the Daddy Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Well, uh, you're getting close, actually. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Apart from this one here by A. Wilborn, <laughs> le- left six minutes ago. Uh, ben, Ben Redio on the uh, on the Raw WWE YouTube video for this simply writes. This is the best moment in Raw history. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, do you want to... Oh, we, can, we, can, we can play guess the comment here. It's not filth, but it's... I'll ad- okay, I'm going to admit it. Blank made me laugh so hard. JBL. Okay. 
Rusev? No, dear, that's wrong. Dog Ziggler made me <laughs> so <laughs> Dog Ziggler. <laughs> um, Actually, doing that really obnoxious on purpose laugh made me realize something else I liked about the Seth Rollins promo. I really liked the MGF for Jason, if I may say, where he's basically being the baby face, leading the crowd in the song. And then when he turned on them, it added to the, oh, we liked you a second ago, and now we hate you even yeah, more now. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver's got a bit confused, uh, right? What's the big uh, end of year thing that they do in WWE where it's like, OMG moment of the year? Slammies. Indeed. Uh, Oliver Rice, this should win most awesome moments in the Grammy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes I like these comments more than I like the just downright comments. When people are like, Negging. I think negging is the phrase. Mark writes, Summer Rae does have flawed looks, but she's still beautiful. <laughs> no, she doesn't. Well, <laughs> Kurt, don't worry, don't worry, Sidge, because Curtin disagrees. He writes, actually, Summer Rae's very underrated as far as she looks. She can definitely get those ankles knocked loose. <laughs> there you go. Curtains here. The what white does that mean? <laughs> ankles knock loose. I, I, that's not a phrase, is it? Well, it's like knocking boots. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But knock. I'm gonna knock your ankles loose. <laughs> like one of sort of like period drama pride and prejudice things. Oh, she's got a bit of ankle out. <laughs> uh, also, uh, we've all experienced this a lot in the last three years. Have we? I don't know where you're going. No, this isn't filth. Just weird. You know, a very. It's the it's the the nth degree of the oh, shows better. Argument. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Caged NM69. Nice. Writes. <laughs> is it? Well, Headless Fish can still out wrestle Daniel Bryan and walk away with its neck held high. Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> I do like, by the way, I think we said it like three times. I love this isn't filth as a new caveat. For like, <laughs> it's all right. Hey, this, this is still gonna, filth. This isn't going to be what we're going to have to delete the entire podcast feed for. <laughs> still filth. Just read the final ones. I forgot about these. I copied them earlier. They are filth. Uh, Dean, uh, I'm just I'm just recapping my notes here. Dolph Ziggler's not in this segment, is he? No, no he's part of the story. Yeah, that's good because Dean writes. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler will always be my fifth favorite boxer. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, final couple of comments here. Yeah, they're all filthy. Um, these do not refer to use myself, the Dadly Boys, or what culture wrestling. Uh, the real need writes. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, no. I know what the real need is, pal. <laughs> they write. If only Lana couldn't talk, she'd be perfect. Oh, oh <laughs> God! And finally, Andre. Not refer to use myself, Dadly Boys, or what culture wrestling. You know, like the so I did earlier. So funny. Starts with that. So. so damn hot it hurts. The pressure in this crotch. I need to be the fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the little smiley face emojis drawn there. So. His cock is so engorged with blood that he wants to be a fish. 
put the pressure in his crotch, right? He doesn't want to. He needs to be the is fish. Is this the real need or someone else? No, so it's re- Andre. Andre. So the real need is to be a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give that, give that to Andre. In, in the Gotch Hackenschmidt example... The, like the guy's at least sat there with his gag out, wearing a jacket. Like the fact that there's pressure suggests that maybe he's watching at work. Like desperate, the jacket was like, "Oh God, I'm gonna keep it in." Oh, six more hours at me desk. Just love the idea where you get locked into something like a story or you know a, a masturbation fantasy such as this, where you're absolutely locked in. You're just locked in. Your, your cock is so hard, it hurts. Like it's like pressing against the fabric, and depending on the fabric, it can be uncomfortable. You know, and um, he's just. Uh, I, I, I just need to erupt. And he's just so horny. And then in that moment, right, in that moment, God himself <laughs> comes, comes down from the heavens, comes down from the heavens, says, Andre. And he's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yes, God, I think. It's, oh, it is God, it is God. You've got three seconds to make a decision. Right now, how hard you are down there. I can transmogrify you into a dead fish. <laughs> With no head. With no head. With no cock. No cock. Go back in time just to get, like, um, Summer Rae's disgusted face pressing against you. Deal? Uh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I need it, obviously. I need to be the fish! Zap. <laughs> and then Andre's just like, <laughs> it's the whale bit from South Park on yeah, the beach. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, fish yeah. Like, you know, uh, I spilled my gifts. <laughs> got spuffed all over the cabin. Yeah. It's a hoy down the highway by Bruce F. Worth it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like in the Flintstones, where the animals are talking, well, it's a living. <laughs> the fish speaks out of its gills because it's not got a head. This was a good decision. Flying through the air. One of those like, ironic jokes as well. Well, Looks like she's up to her nuts in his gut. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thanks, Jake. Oh. Great suggestion. <laughs> Absolute goldmine, that comment section. Oh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related, just like Jake did, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Leave us a five-star review. You can leave the review on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify and email me your review, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. If you... Need to be the fish. (laughs) (laughs) A dead fish with no head. (laughs) To, just to reiterate, (laughs) be squished by someone's disgusted face. (laughs) And then thrown by Rusev. I need to be the fish. (laughs) Worth it. I don't know why, but I've got this mental image of someone going, you said it worked. Andrew, mate, have you got those balls? I need to be the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Andre's just lying flat on the desk, can't move. Uh, I got what I wanted. <laughs> it's like just what remains of its tongue just <laughs> flapping about. It's one of them Billy Big Mouths. You press it, it's got no head. You press, you press one. Wow. <laughs> Chrissy and Paulie in the Sopranos laughing at it. Yeah. Two hours 50 or all to go, yeah? <laughs> yeah, we've got the first match. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
reviewed the opening promo and then talked about a fish for 35 minutes. Sexual deviant fish. That's dead. <laughs> it's good, so, you know, I always love the idea of someone going, you know what? I'm going to mix things up a bit. Let's check out some other wrestling podcasts. What's this one near the top? They look pretty knowledgeable. What's happened so far? I've talked about a fish. I made this. No- Can you make the fish noise again? I can't do it. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, really hurt my throat. Oh, yeah. oh. Imagine Conrad asking like Bruce or JR to unpack <laughs> this. Right, oh. Jim Ross is the fish. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's done all right. I think he's done it before. <laughs> <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Anyway, back to Monday Night Raw. Uh, uh, Rollins stomped on Riddle after the match and shouted, move on, bitch. Uh, and then we go backstage. Uh, Sarah Schreiber is there with Damage Katarl. 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 Um, and Bailey says, look, Dakota and EO should have been tag champions in the first place. That's why we've got this rematch, et cetera, et cetera. And she got wound up and Kai said, look, don't worry about her past. Sky said, yeah, we're going to win tonight. Uh, and Schreiber asked Bailey what it was like to be the first person to pin Bianca Belair in like over 300 days or something. And Bailey just walked away. <laughs> she went, I'll piss off and walked <laughs> off. And then this is when we got the uh, the highlight of the show for Michael Cedric, Dominic Mysterio's promo, ominous music, joke uh, lighting, and... Pathetic. Uh, as, as I said, an occasional sneer. Uh, he said he's always been known as a Mysterio, but at Clash at the Castle, uh, he felt alive for the first time in his life. Um, won the tag team titles. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, didn't feel alive then. No. 
Um, he said, Edge got what he deserved. He was going to finish the job tonight. Um, he wanted his father, did Dom, wanted him to know that this was his life. Ray should have looked himself in the mirror and wondered why he didn't get to know his son. Uh, he should have asked him what he wanted for his career. He said, for such a tiny man, uh, he cast a large shadow. Is your dad? Yeah. He was he was done. Li- he was done living under it. And then uh, Rhea, Rhea Ripley whispered something in his ear, and he says, "I'm not your baby boy anymore. I'm a man." Oh my god! Thoughts on this? <laughs> Dominic Mysterio, um, like it's it's cruel, but he's not very good. He's absolutely not very good. I've got no earthly idea a why this company has um, built its entire flagship brand around his heel turn with the various show-long shenanigans involving mm-hmm. Judgment Day and Dominic Mysterio. And B, I've got even less of an idea how it's an absolute rating sensation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just don't get it. I absolutely do not get it. Um, his performance is just woefully unconvincing. I can't take him seriously as a sinister person. Like, the heft of this material is, like smothering him. He's talking about how he's estranged from his father. Right? Those are deep, deep dramatic stakes. And, my God, <laughs> I just can't take them seriously. Mm. He's, like, cosplaying as a bad character with bad execution. And, um... The thing about Dominic Mysterio is that you kind of benefit from the ultimate curve. No one's ever watched him wrestle before. Oh, my God, he can actually do stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's not completely useless. He can actually move about a bit. and He can take an absolute batter in it. Seth yeah. Rollins' yeah. hand with a kendo stick. Don't need that bloody performance center. Or you don't need <laughs> NXT if he can just arrive out the box like this. What a young prospect he is. And then two years later, it was like, ah, oh, still actually a bit useless. He's, he, hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't progressed at all. And now that he's been asked to do something other than playing a 25-year-old, 15-year-old, <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, he's really bad. Yeah. It feels a little bit at this point, knowing from WWE as well, this sort of, especially with like the Rhea Ripley ingredient, it feels like they're sort of steering into the mean quality of all of this storyline. Problem is, it's being projected for now at least as a main event, as like as a big deal. As a, it can't stay serious because they know that a lot of people are just enjoying this for how stupid it is. Dominic is terrible. People, like, there's countless people you could contrast to in terms of age. We've got, like, MJF at the moment. We've got his own father. As some, Like, if you consider how far somebody was along by how old Dominic is. But I'm reminded of, like, and Cedric will remember this, when WWE was at its mainstream peak in, like, the year 2000, the internet wrestling community, because that was a thing back then, right, was merciless in its cruelty towards David Flair. Like, David, yes. David Flair could not go, and it's hard being a second-generation star, like, you know, with Ric Flair as your dad, until, obviously, Charlotte came along. But, like, David Flair, in terms of a promo, could and as a character, could project way more than Dominic can, and way more convincingly as well. He was turning like a psychopath heel, damaged by this, like, strained relationship with his dad, and he sort of got that over. Couldn't do anything when the bell rang, but knew how to do that. And he projects that better than Dominic projects this. This feels like we're all having a laugh. We're all making the same Rhea Ripley jokes. Everybody's having a... It's all with a wink and a nudge. But, as Cedric points out, the stakes are enormous. It's like he's turned on his dad. This has to lead to this grand finale where, like, father and son decide what they're going to do with their future. The family divided or united forever. But everybody's just been, like, laughing about pegging for six months. That, that's that's the, the push and pull of this whole thing. The dialogue is terrible. The performance is terrible. The storyline, therefore, is terrible. But, you know, Papa H doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I just was thinking, watching this, thinking, it's really a cursed extreme rules season. It's 
really cursed for the Rey Mysterio, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> son, loses an eye. <laughs> it's not a great time of the year, really. Uh, right, we get a Johnny Gargano video package next, and uh, I found the exception to the rule. You know the rule of... Uh, if fear more. More like fear less. <laughs> yes, this is great. <laughs> so there's an Austin Theory. Anyway, in comes Chad Gable. Johnny Wrestling. Because he talks so much, he should be... Johnny Shush! Yes! <laughs> yes! So fantastic. Johnny Shush. Johnny Shush. Johnny Shush. And, and already we knew he's fighting Gable later, so rubbing your hands together with glee mm. at that one. And my thighs, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, then we got the uh, women's tag team title match. Uh, Leah and Raquel Rodriguez um, defending their belts. Do you know when I knew they were going to drop them? When I realised that they don't have their own combined video package. They were just like, Raquel's here! And uh, Leah's here <laughs> as well. Uh, Dakota and Io come out with Bailey, of course. Uh, they go to a break quite early on after Rodriguez. I realised they're not really a tag team. Rodriguez just uses the fleshy sack that is Aaliyah as a weapon, <laughs> large part. She picks her up. Whoop! Oh, the giant <laughs> guy on the outside. Um, Aaliyah does a few big, big spots. Um, I thought she looked quite good here. I've been a bit harsh on her recently, but I thought she was she was one of the better versions I've seen of, of Aaliyah in here, but she was in there against Dakota Kai and Eos Sky, so he's kind of... Difficult to have a bad match against them. Uh, they take over um, when she gets tripped behind the referee's back. Uh, they work over Aaliyah. You know, then she hits them both with a double neck breaker, tags in Raquel Rodriguez, uh, who just launches Kai into Sky. Looks great here. Hits Kai with a splash, um, boot. Uh, Sky breaks up the cover. Sky goes for a hook and run over, but Rodriguez blocks it and sends them both over the top. Aaliyah schoolboys Dakota Kai uh, for a nice near fall. Hits her with a face buster. One, two. Bailey gets involved and puts Dakota Kai's leg on the bottom rope. This gets Rodriguez involved. She chases her around ringside. Sky does that insane moonsault to the outside that she does to take them all out. Uh, and Kai hits that sort of flipping code breaker. The chiropractor on Aaliyah. One, two, three. Uh, Dakota Kai, Eo Sky, two thirds of damage. Katarl are your new women's tag team champions. They get all the pyro. They got there in the end, I suppose. Yeah. All for what? All for absolutely what? Um, the momentum from Damage Katarl, I don't think, is there, in spite of a great showing a clash at the castle. Just use your imagination. It's good. Could have been better. Yes. The WWE story, ir irrespective of who's got that chair in Gorilla. This match wasn't particularly good. It wasn't the worst. Alea showing, if I'm being completely brutally honest and fair. However, just no one got a hint out of the interactions between Gonzalez and Kai or Rodriguez, yeah. whatever her name is, and Kai, it just felt like that was two years of an entire, well, four years of two careers wasted, basically. Mm -hmm. There was no heft, there was no anticipation, there was no all coming together or whatever. Um, and I was just struck by, because the, the match was so nothing that I couldn't really care less about it, but the sheer lack of heat, you didn't even get a, a big pop for the title change. Like Even if something is, all right, that's going to damage the um, baby face, irrevocably, when they do a Money in the Bank cash-in, they'll still pop for a title change. They're witnessing something. It just felt like they didn't really care about the match, the title change. These titles are just dead. And it just made me realize, or it further affirmed to me, that if they are going to bring back Sasha Banks and Naomi, don't do it for these belts. Mm. What an absolute waste of Sasha Banks that would be at this point, um, because this division is dead. They've effed around and found out with taking the piss and trying to do too many things at once. No one feels worthwhile as champions. No one feels like they're on the up and up. It just felt like 
it, this felt like they'd wrestled each other about eight times and had all been involved in this program for several more months than this. Just no one cared. I can't remember what we were talking about last week, but I remember you saying about them going, well, it's so we can achieve this. And you go, you saying, yeah, but you're ruining all this just to get to this weird end goal. Because I... Triple H does something bad to do something good. Yeah, because I, I get it. I sort of... I don't uh, uh, think he, it's a good he idea. He thinks he's cleverer than he is as yeah, a booker. I, I don't... I don't appreciate the, the, the journey we had to make. Because I think what they've done here is they've gone, right, blah, 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 do the ti- they win the titles from them here. We're not doing the Sasha and Naomi arrival thing yet. So we can say, all right, one all, let's go to the Extreme Rules pay-per-view for a, a tag title match. And it's like, yeah, but you just ballsed up the inaugural, no, not inaugural, but the you know refreshing of these women's tag team titles. So you could go, all right, the baby faces get a dodgy win, so the heels... But then it wouldn't have looked better that because you could have sat there and said because when we went into the clash at the castle you were like well obviously damage control win but then you go well if damage control lose then maybe Asker and Alexa Bliss can challenge for the tag titles or maybe you know Bianca Belair wants to team with one to take on but it didn't matter that they did or didn't have tag titles in that six woman and didn't do anything for Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah having the tag titles because everyone knows uh, that was dodgy it wasn't the legal person that they pinned it was a referee screw up. And now they're going to go, well, all right, we can do it, Extreme Rules. And everyone go, cool, damage control are definitely going to retain here. And then maybe we're going to get Sasha and Naomi. That's all we're really waiting for here. Do you remember when Triple H did this exact thing, the abbreviated version of it with the NXT women's tag belts? Oh, God, Where he did the hot shot. Is the worst? Was it in one night? It wasn't one week. It was one night, wasn't it? Dakota Kai and Raquel then Gonzalez won them to, lo- to lose them or the other way around. I can't remember. Was it, Athena was maybe on the babyface side, perhaps. And um, then... Oh, yeah. Like, and it Gonzalo's was, a, was scripted to say, the next week we're on that show, we were still the first, and no yeah, one yeah. can take that away from us. It's like, well, you sucked. That's the real quiz. And it's like, now he lost the belts straight away. And it was this idea, like, to create drama around, like, in his mind. Around, it's like, like this, stand and deliver, or the, the yeah. WrestleMania thing, yeah. This is what's going to, like, again, dying embers of the CWC. So, like, more problems than that. But that was certainly a problem in and of itself. Yeah, I like this match, but I completely agree with Cedric. It, like, it was made impossible to love by the circumstances with which it was wrestled. It, this was a failed experiment. I think it was a noble failure of an experiment to try and it, like try, try, make something out of <laughs> out of Aaliyah using Raquel Rodriguez's strengths and abilities as a hot tag merchant, as somebody that's the dominant member of the team. As you say, they weren't really double team moves. It was just like I can just launch it, people, and see <laughs> how that works. But it was if it was an experiment, it was a failed one nonetheless. Because if it had succeeded, there would have been a reaction to the title change. There would have been a reaction to the spots. Ultimately, Kai and Eoskai persistently throughout this match, like completely outclassed them. Yeah. And then you're just looking at like, well, this feels fake now that they didn't win these the first time around. You're left thinking of more stuff than you are possibly able to feel anything. Uh, Ray goes up to his son, warming up for his match with Edge in the main event. Please them to do the right thing. Don't go through the match. Edge, like a brother to me, he's like an uncle to you. Uh, be careful, he can get dangerous. Dom doesn't look him at all. He says, if you go through with this Dom, things will never be the same. And then in comes a giggling Rhea. Says Edge isn't the only one who's dangerous. Dom's all man now. Something about Pappy. I get it. Dom You're P- having hot sex. Uh, and then we get Johnny Gargano versus Chad Gable. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It wasn't me that touched that. That was Michael Sidgwick, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
this was everything we were hoping for, I think, on the preview, because we were saying it might be Austin Theory, and I think we kind of got best of both worlds, because you've got a sensational uh, return match for Gargano, and obviously the Theory stuff's going to happen down the line. Early chain wrestling, Gable just nails Gargano uh, with a right hand at one point, and uh, uh, Corey Graves loved that. Uh, Gargano comes back with a dive off the apron, that takes us to a break. Uh, Gable, can come, when we come back, is in control but Gargano makes a comeback and hits a great-looking slingshot spear for a two-count. Cliffhanger DDT for two, bridging German suplex for two. Excellent form on that. Um, Gargano puts him in the Gargano escape. Gable counters into an ankle lock. Um, They fight out, exchange strikes. Gargano hits Gable with a clothesline. Gable gets sent to the outside, falls into the waiting arms of Otis. Gargano hits them both with this wild dive that sends Otis into the announce table. And then Gargano hits Chad Gable with one final beat for the one, two, three. Post-match, Otis tries to get involved. Gargano hits him with two super kicks and uh, a little little crotch shot. Can you do the noise, the UFC noise? That's what I thought when he hit crotch chopped Otis. Um, and then as Gargano backs up the ramp, he gets clobbered by Theory, the briefcase, who stands over him, takes selfies with that, and then selfies with Gable and Otis. But what a match this was. Like a fabulous match. Um, like This is maybe not the way I think once upon a time wrestlers would have liked people talking about their wrestling. But like the form was so gorgeous yeah. in this. This was like aesthetically a very beautiful match, but not in a way where you didn't feel like they were fighting, if that makes sense. It, like just because you were marveling in just how luscious some of this work looked, at no point were you not thinking, well, they're absolutely trying to out-wrestle each other and kill each other. And that's quite a special compromise for wrestlers to be able to make. And it's not a surprise that wrestlers like Gargano and Gable would produce that kind of work as well. And just aside from that, like the individual moments of brilliance, of which there were loads peppered throughout this, I think this was, to, like, to credit Triple H, you know, you can talk about your comebacks and gambles on the likes of Karrion Cross or Braun or Drew losing in Cardiff. I would say this was Triple H's boldest booking decision yet since taking the job because Gargano was made to endure the difficulty of this wrestling match, win it, sell the exhaustion of it, come out on top. He has been promoted as the guy that has been re-signed to WWE because he is the best professional wrestler. And WWE almost never tell that story. I was cycling through, thinking about this after the match, trying to think of one of the last times they just earnestly said, this guy is the best professional wrestler, the end. And it was Bret Hart returning from the Ironman loss and saying, I'm issuing him a challenge to the best wrestler in the company, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, there's two reasons why they did that. One, to get over Austin. One, because Bret wanted to neg Sean. But like <laughs> that was powerful. Like I'm coming back because I want to rest. I believe I'm the best there is, the best was, and maybe somebody is a threat to that crown. Nothing more, nothing less. Austin wasn't kicking ass and drinking beers and middle fingers. Like he's the best wrestler. WWE not nearly never ever does this. And for Triple H to go down that route with Gargano, Gargano was like he was decked after the match. He was selling. Like this wasn't an easy. Da da da. I'm back. Johnny Gargano. Johnny Wrestling here was like this was tough, but he's the best. And, like, the earnest presentation of that after a match of this quality, like, I was blown away by all of this. Heart and mouth stuff here. I had no idea how it got so dramatic at the end <laughs> when you knew going into it yeah. exactly who the winner was. This was dynamite tier in terms of um, how resourceful it was and how they extracted drama from a very predictable um, match graphic. For the best reasons, of course, you want to make Gargano a star. I'm not complaining that it was unpredict- uh, that it was predictable. I'm overflowing with praise how they made it seem not so because of the strength of the action. Like, the ingenuity of some of these counters was absolutely outrageous. 
I had no idea what move could possibly come next or how on earth they each wrestler sort of reversed one move into whatever they did next. I was just, my mouth was agape at like the strategy and just how deep their arsenals were. Um, and just in general, the pacing, the length, they didn't go 22 self-conscious minutes of you must have this great match. It's like, all right, okay, well, it's probably going to go three and three because of the, the crowd volume ceiling, but okay, let's pour Sidgwick Stenciless. <laughs> <laughs> they measured it perfectly in terms of the pacing. They did just enough great grappling and mat stuff early, and then they... It's just a mastery of crowd psychology. Knew exactly when to not indulge in it too mm-hmm. much. If there was ever a match, it suited the story and not just what they were trying to get out of the crowd as well between the characters. If there was ever a match, right, we are going to retrain the crowd to get into pro wrestling as a form, which just WWE main roster crowds haven't done in years. This was it. They got them so much by the end that it was genuinely thrilling to watch, but I remain a little bit... Uh, that these crowds just aren't into it for the entire duration. The last three minutes of a really good WWE match these days that aren't held in Cardiff because, my God, he'd out the ass <laughs> are really hot. I just wish this, the turning point should come soon, I expect. Because mm. it is a job, isn't it? Yeah, it is Unfortunately, a job. Unfortunately, you cannot just do it, can you? I don't know if it ever came with AEW because WWE's got the AEW problem of 2019. They have to retrain the audience. Yes. Right. AEW had to do with steps. Like, no, no, we're going to adhere to the steps. Or, no, 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 you're not going to get the payoff until 12 months, but you're going to get it. I think among the AEW hardcores, there eventually became this implicit trust of, oh, let it play out, let it play out. Mm. I do think they got there in the end. No one earnestly believed that Hangman Page was not going to get it at full gear when he went on paternity leave. I think everyone reasonable who wasn't trying to create bad faith storms on Twitter was like, oh, I'm going to rest easy with this. Because he's on paternity leave and they're obviously going to do something. Mm-hmm. And they did. So it will get there. I'm just kind of ready for the turning point. But it's probably too early. It probably is too early. Mm. A brilliant match, though, uh, which was followed by uh, a, a sensational promo uh, from Kevin Owens. So Austin Theory comes out to the usual sort of reception uh, and does his usual stick. Oh, look what I did to overrated Johnny Gargano. He's trying to get his point across. He's drowned out by what chance, basically. And it doesn't really matter because here comes... Kevin Owens tells Theory to shut up. And I thought, oh, here we go. Into a match again, blah, blah, blah. He says, I'm sick and tired. Tired of all the uh, idiots. Uh, This is Theory, I'm saying. Uh, I'm the future. Look at me. I'm going to take over this entire industry. And Owens says, all right, yeah. Heard it all before. Look, you know, you had troubles talking about this last week because Tyson Fury clocked you at Clash of the Castle. We've heard all this. It's great for you to think it. But last week I looked in your eyes and I told you, you were the handpicked future. That's no longer the case. It's not how it works anymore. Uh, and he says, oh, I know why you're jealous, why Johnny Gargano is probably jealous of me. I've done more in five months than you and Gargano have done in five years. Um, and then Owens just very sort of matter-of-factly says, that shows how much of a delusional jackass you are. Um, yeah, you've done all this, but you've had opportunities Handed to you, the US title, the fact you were in the ladder match when you weren't even supposed to be in it. I can't blame you. I was handed the universal title once, but beyond that, we are very different people. Look, how many people, says Owens, have come along the last two decades just like you? Young, chiseled, tons of potential. And how many have fizzled out and gone absolutely nowhere? Hundreds. And then how many of them are like me and Johnny Gargano? Look, we come around WWE, we make it to the level that we're at. You can count them with one hand because people like you, Theory, they're a dime a dozen, while me and Gargano are one in a million. And these people here need 
people like Owens and Gargano. We are the heart and soul, while you're the appendix. Completely disposable. I like that line. That was the best line in this promo. That's the peak of the WWE writing thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's a good one. Throw that one in there, like, but they're actually nailed yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he says, look, it doesn't need to be the case for you, Theory. Look, I've, I, I hope you are the future. I don't know whether you've got what it takes, though. Um, uh, but he wants he wants him to prove him wrong. He wants to prove prove everyone wrong. And how do you do that? He says, you stop thinking about the moments that were handed. You start making your own. You you check your ego. You realize you're not as good as you think you are. And then you take that passion. And you make sure you prove all of us wrong. That is how you do it. That is how you become the future. That is how you become the face of WWE. He's so fired up here. And theory has a moment of reflection. You think, oh, just for a second, you might have got through to him. And then the old theory comes out and he flexes and he holds the mic next to his mouth and he says, you'll never be like me, Kevin. And uh, Owen says, well, clearly talking sense doesn't work. Maybe this will. And he just slaps the taste out of uh, Austin Theory's mouth and the attack and then Owen's fights back and they brawl and, you know, they're going at it and the refs come in to stop it and they spill to the outside and Owen's chucks Theory into the barricade, uh, chucks him back in the ring. Theory goes for the briefcase. Owen kicks, goes for a stunner. Theory slides out under the ropes and walks up the ramp of security, separate them and Theory's got a bloody nose and he's just desperate to get his hands back on Kevin Owens. But, Owens is there, shouting at him from the ring. That broken nose is just the beginning, bitch. I thought this was, This made me think, maybe Austin Theory isn't going to either lose this briefcase or fail a cash-in. That's the first time I've felt that since he won the briefcase. I thought it was unbelievable work, this from Kevin Owens. This is where I knew we disagree. I'm a little bit all over the place on this, so I apologize if my thoughts go everywhere. A couple of things I really absolutely loved about this, right? This, for one, required Gargano and Gable to be as good as it was. So they delivered in order to help make Kevin Owens point for him. Otherwise, he can't. That match sucks. He can't then name yes. Johnny Gargano. And you've got one thing supposed to build to the other to build to the other. So, like, they, like there was a trust, you know, implicit there. Um, Triple H doesn't deserve much. He's had so much handed to him, but he kind of did deserve a right to reply when it came to Vince McMahon basically taking his brand off him in his style of wrestling and doing it his way. And that was like, obviously, that was such a big part of this like promo. Was yes. like, you know, what was it like? There's been a hundred guys like you. That's that's the dig at Vince and Johnny Ace. It's like time for my guys to get the go now and all that kind of thing. So I didn't mind Triple H having that neg back at and dead. Um, Owens was very good here. Very good. Uh, it's difficult. It's not his fault that he does this after John Moxley is doing it every single week and the theme and the tone, John Moxley normally isn't tasked with, hey, AW is still great. Normally it's all on point about his story and about the guy he's fighting. But for one week out of three years, he had to be like, it's still good. It, I promise you it's still good. Stick with me. So Owens has had to do that yes. following on, which by the way, just unfortunately for Owens and me personally, I watched John Moxley's promo again last night <laughs> on the ITV repeat of Dynamite. So like, that's not his fault. That's mine. But so like, it's a bit unfortunate that he's had to do like all this heart and soul stuff when it's quite topical elsewhere and being done by the best in the game. So that's not Kevin Owens' fault. They are, they're walking a tightrope for me with Kevin Owens. I really do love all the focus on him. And it's all focus. He's kind of getting all of everything. One week, he's just as hard as nails. I'm going to put Elias back in the hospital. The next week, he's trying to remind Sammy who he is. The week after, he's kind of a flag waver, but a, he's a flag waver who's also a hard ass. And they're kind of, they're giving him everything. And luckily, it's Kevin Owens. And he's super talented and kind of do it all. But tighten up a little bit. Like, I'm, I'm starting to lose a little bit of track of who he is. Like, if the bigger picture, and it might be this, is that he wants one more run at Roman... I kind of get this, 
Like, it's all about, it's not just about getting Sammy back. It's about, I would have had you at the Rumble the other year. Mm-hmm. They've, they've remembered that. So it's like, well, maybe he does want to be the face of WWE. I loved, loved that he was willing to admit that he was handed the title first time. Because then we can't sit here as dickheads on podcasts and be like, we've got no credibility, mate, because you were handed it last time. Yeah. They've thought enough about that. So I did see the thought being put into it. I did see the work from Kevin Owens. But I, I think I need to know now which Kevin Owens you're going with. Yeah, you can't push You can't push every single babyface trait. You kind of need to pick a lane. But there was lots to love. Lots to love. The appendix line was fantastic. The delivery, line, uh, the delivery was very, very good indeed. I just... I'm a piss and moaner when it comes to this <laughs> company and it's, hip, it's hypocrisy. You've got Karrion Cross is like your monster heel on the other channel. He's like the ultimate John Laurinaitis guy. <laughs> yeah. so he can't really do, for me, subtextual gags and digs at the expense of John Laurinaitis when Triple H is kind of having his cake and eating it too. Mm-hmm. In general, I'm over and I never really got into the whole, we can say wrestling now, and this is a wrestling brand sort of thing. Um, and I just think that, I just wasn't particularly moved by his words. And this is going to be, this is going to reek of hypocrisy. I absolutely get it. Considering I've almost built my professional existence for the last six years from doing this across both shows, AEW and WWE. I'm kind of sick of the ghost at the feast and Vince McMahon and what he valued as um, stars and wrestlers and body types and stuff. Just good that he's gone. The JAS stuff needs to go. It's all we're yeah. wrestling on Raw now. Just, I get it. Tell, uh, show me, don't tell me. Mm hmm. The pro- also, this this promo probably couldn't have done with them two having a twenty minute match with a clean finish last week. Yeah, I mean, just beating third. Like we yeah, had the, yeah. the bulk of the physicality, and now they're kind of kind of asking a little bit. Well, I thought they, they were going to say a street fight later on when they announced it, and they were like, "What's going to happen when the officials aren't in the way?" And I was like, "Oh, they're doing a street fight," and then they just went a match, and I was like, "They've done the match, but yeah, yeah." It's, I don't want to like come across a bad faith. Just they're just going to fifty fifty it, but they might. You know, like theory was a beaten man last week. I just, I, like like I said, there was just a moment in that and it was really well done. By, by a good bit of uh, inflection by, uh, or re- what's the phrase I'm looking for? A little bit of consideration, let's say, from uh, from theory, where for a split second I thought, like, you're not going to be the baby face of baby faces. Reflection. Yeah, reflection, exactly. Uh, of, oh, maybe there is something there. Because he's incredibly talented, obviously. But, uh, you know, this character, you're like, well, you... You're not beating Roman. I don't think he's yeah, yeah. babyface or heel or pep talk from Kevin Owens every bloody week, despite how inspirational I thought it was. He ain't beating Roman, but I see him down the line, and I always thought he's either losing the briefcase to Gargano or someone was talking about him losing it to Owens now, uh, or he's failing the cash-in. And there was just a split second where I thought, oh, maybe maybe he might be all right here. So I thought, it, it, I don't know what it, exactly what, if that's what he set out to achieve, but it worked for me. It's quite a WWE and indeed Triple H thing to do this like trial-by-fire with for a character sometimes Triple H did it to John Cena and there sort of feels like a little bit of an element of that like what what have you got here like we're going to throw you out there we'll keep giving you half chances but at what point are you actually going to like prove yourself mm. and this promo felt this didn't feel like one of them on screen bollockings of a gimmick I don't think they were hanging him out to dry no. far from it uh, right, Bianca Belair's open challenge was next, uh, and it was Sonia Deville who who answered it uh, saying she hasn't forgotten what Bianca Belair did to her I had she played I absolutely had I do what, the, the thing they did done on Raw earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd remembered it, and I've, like, was, as a result, dreading this, and my dreads were compounded by the end. Oh, didn't, boy. It, didn't, it didn't help with, uh, with us pitching who we did, and I was like, I look, I really like Sonya Deville, but when you were saying, like, Mika Satamore and people like that, and I was like, ah, Sonya Deville. Like, uh, it's, that's, that's my own fault, really. And no one was begging for this to be 
opened back up, were they? No, no. The end of the open like and shut case. The end of the Sonya Deville Postman Pierce. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't care about it in the first place. No. Um, Blaine Defoe cost the authority position, yeah, and Belair had a nice line. This is an open challenge, not an open mic. Uh, and uh, they get a referee down there, and we get uh, Sonya Deville versus Bianca Belair um, with a bit more MMA-esque stuff from, from Sonya Deville in there. Is that what you call it? I know I know you watch MMA and I don't, but is that what is that what MMA looks like? Because I think that's why I've never bothered watching. So God damn. Bill <laughs> kicks her in the ribs quite early on to start off with. Uh clotheslines Bel Air. Uh suplex into a handspring moonsault, gets a two count. Sonya gets sent outside, avoids a moonsault, and just clotheslines her as we go to a break. When we come back, Bel Air f- uh, makes a comeback, hits her with a spine bust of a two. Uh, DeVille hits like a knee strike off the middle rope for a near fall. And in the end, Belair, using her ridiculous athleticism, like uses the turnbuckle to climb out of something, gets uh, Sonya DeVille up. KOD, one, two, three. Not a good match. No. Not a particularly good or necessary reboot of a story that I'd completely forgotten about. Um, a complete waste of time that I didn't really enjoy watching. And... You run the risk when it's Surprise City with Triple H now, wherein you're expecting, because he's created the expectation of, like, big names or cool cameos or return signings, to reboot, if you like, a story that was rubbish and really was put out to pasture for good reason in general in a not particularly great match when expectations of something really cool hover over it. I thought this was a total misfire from Pepe Age. He's still still good, though. It was a bad booking and a bad match. Like yeah. these were on like different planets. Yeah, it was weird. There's, like, there's a bit where they were like trading suplexes. I'm thinking, just one of you do it. Oh man! <laughs> and I've said this before. And it was all for the post match as well. And yeah. I was just like I think I said this when we were still under like Vince McMahon's treatment of Bianca Belair. I can't figure out why this is because of course she like saying she can go is understating how brilliant she is. <laughs> yeah. I maintain that she is not a TV world champion. They need to book her like they book Roman Reigns. She is incredible in stadiums. She is awesome in long matches. She kind of gets some bits of even a bad match over through force of will by just how incredible an athlete she is. But these TV six-minuters almost never go... You leave thinking a bit less of Bianca Belair. Something about this whole process normalizes her in a way that they've proven they can manage with Roman and to a lesser extent the Usos just... Have her be super charismatic, talk, and set up for the big match. And I think that's always going to be enough with Bianca Bella. Mm. So Bailey comes out afterwards with damaged Kataral. Uh, they had to take over the division. Talks about being the first person to beat Bella in over 300 days, despite not even having a match herself in over a year. What? Yeah. She did have a match. I saw it. What? Against Aaliyah. So weird, that, isn't it? Never mind. The anyway, uh, they, they surround the ring. <laughs> they already... Don't care about your continuity or yeah. anything like that, or your or your intelligence rather. What happened that week? Johnny Gargano's Raw debut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's go back to twenty nineteen. Let's go back to twenty nineteen. Remember something else? That was like that was sad, Dad, wasn't it? I'm, I'm so proud to unveil my four great guys from uh, NXT that I'm absolutely fine with them leaving my show. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, they're about to get uh, killed in about uh, the next uh, <laughs> ninety minutes. So enjoy them while you can because it's uh, eight minutes of a chin lock for a lo- uh, for Elster Black. Three years of a story. Tonight, they're going to tag together. One guy's going to break his goddamn neck. <laughs> Ruin the whole thing. Thanks, Dad. 
So they surround Bianca Belair, attack her, ask her, and Alexa Bliss make the save, and Bailey gets spine busted. This was the pin is a nice detail. I'd not like them now making it clear that uh, like she went all them days without getting beat is a good detail being lost to an otherwise really boring yes, WWE yeah. story. Uh, almost is back. Um, some people didn't get to see this because technical difficulties. You didn't miss anything. It was a squash match. He squashed two guys in like a minute and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ray was backstage pleading with Edge saying, uh, don't do this. And Edge said, no, I've got to, I'm sorry, I've got to kick your son's ass. I'm really sorry. Um, Seth Rollins is walking backstage. Don't say killing your daughter. Don't say killing your daughter. Killing your son. <laughs> Seth Rollins is walking backstage when he's confronted. Oh, sorry. Really sorry, guys. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Kevin Patrick! <laughs> uh, he's pissed off. He's still getting asked questions about Matt Riddle. Uh, he says, how many times have I got to stop that? Let's head into the ground, basically. And then in comes a, a very well-dressed Bobby Lashley. Looks lovely. Uh, approaches him. Uh, Rollins is there. Meh, meh, meh. I'm the face of Raw. No, you're not. You've got all these colourful outfits, but I tell you, we haven't got gold. I like that line as well. Uh, and Rollins says, all right, that title wasn't actually exactly what I was aiming at when I talked about titles earlier on, but... Yeah, bollocks, I'll take that off you. Such an arsehole. Uh, how about we have a fight next week? All you MMA guys are just the same. And then Lashley accepted, and Rollins got a great look. Gruff like, oh, I've got to face Bobby Lashley now next week. I am guilty of starting to fall in love with some of Triple H's boring tropes because two mid-card titles being held by two dead-hard wrestlers for a series of random singles matches I want to watch is kind of awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This is all working for me, it's like across both time, brands. This, and that, related to that, is the one reason where I'm like, all right, maybe we can do brand warfare once more. Yeah. So we can get Gunther versus bloody Bobby Lashley. Big man. Slap me. It's working for me, all this stuff. Uh, another great segment next. The Miz is at his home. What? I like this. <laughs> do you like this? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So he's getting interviewed. His daughter's coming. Blink, 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 blink. They play the piano. Um, and uh, in walks Maurice. Oh, my God. Uh, she's well dressed. She's off to a premiere with Miz. Um, this says, this reminds you that you know that Miz genuinely like loved having his kids around, like playing the piano and stuff. This reminds you of that like behind the scenes of that Lex Luger Survivor Series one, where it's like, sit down, <laughs> sit down. We're talking about we're going to be Yorkers in for America now. Sit down and go on a switch when we finish recording. Like the Miz just actually seems to enjoy the company of his kids. Luger, shut up. But the, yeah, no, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't beat yourselves up about this. He's Why? beating himself up. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm beating Lex Luger up in a way. Why did he enjoy the company of his kids? Because he was about to go away and have a night out without That's them. That's true, yeah. He, yeah. He, was, he left them in the capable hands of Dexter Loomis, the babysitter. <laughs> so, Red. that was kind of overlooked in this whole what? story. Like. <laughs> I will revise my previous statement. There was an element of this I liked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One element. Uh, so Miz is, yeah, they're, they're, they're setting up for the interview, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Maurice is, and he's like to Maurice, you sure you want to go out to this premiere? Uh, uh, and she's like, oh, come on, we've got security, we've got dogs, blah, blah, blah. We Don't be ridiculous. Uh, and then she does the old, time to take the fucking shoes off in the house. I'd love the fact that that was the through line throughout this entire thing. <laughs> take your fucking shoes off. And then they're there ranting about it as they drive off in the car. Anyway, um, so he gets the interview, and uh, this nerd behind the camera goes, oh, Miss, what about, what about Dexter Loomis? And he says, don't say his name. I did, I don't know why. But Dexter Loomis. I, I don't know why he, he said, but, and Miss goes, but. And I was like, all right, man, he's only asked you one question. Calm down. Anyway, 
Uh, he says, look, I've got double security, police escort, and yet, look, that lunatic was able to do it, come in and do what he did. Look, I don't want to talk about it. I don't know how to make this more obvious. You know what? Bollocks. I've got a premiere to go to. You've had your time. Piss off. The security will let you out. Take all your sh with you. Go away. Interspersed with all this, there was Loomis just standing at the window. There was a really good bit. So there's the bit where it's like, bling, bling, blonk on the piano, and you saw him just in the window. The, the brilliant timing of Miz standing up and buttoning his jacket, and the moment he moves, there's a like, three-second window that, that Loomis is back up against the window, who's creepy little bastard that he is. <laughs> they, they leave, they get in the car. There's <laughs> Manor Mar Miz on the wall, which was... Classy. It was something. Classless. Day class eight. Ooh, fancy mints <laughs> over here. <laughs> Lemon meringue. Uh, they drive off, and the camera pans around back to the house. Loomis is now in the house, drawing a picture. Uh, of the kids. Of the, the, the yeah, of, of Maurice Miz. And when the fiend went in the cot. Hi, <laughs> <And what laughs> oh, Miss. What did, so he, out. what did he say when he was in the cot? What was it? Let me in. <laughs> Shut up, man. Shut up. Fiend face. Never talk the again. The doesn't move, but the tongue comes out. <laughs> you like this, though? Well, you like elements. I like, I like one bit it's of this. fish with the head of the fiend. I like, shut up, man. I like literally one bit of this. And it, if I'm, like, not working here, and I'm thinking, all right, I like this AEW load. It's great. Mm -hmm. Right? Fed sucks and sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to watch anyone. It's great. I'd still go on Twitter and follow people who tell you about it. Oh, that's a serial killer. Obviously, I have to watch that a little bit. <laughs> Hamflit, what's happening on Raw these days? Yeah. <laughs> it's like your mate's asking if The Undertaker's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that Dexter Loom is still on. <laughs> it's like, I like the idea of, I don't, I think they've got something up their sleeve that Dexter Loomis isn't just kidnapping Miz from the arena, taking him back to his lair and like twisting his titties and smashing his balls with a hammer and like just general and, and letting him go and, and, and <laughs> general torture and like doing serial killer stuff like you know I'm just gonna like rip out some of your fingernails and torture and until next time which is worse than it actually happening because yeah. he lives in the constant fear Miz isn't and this has been a thread I hate this by the way serial killer baby face <laughs> yeah <laughs> serial killer baby face um Abducts wrestler on wrestling show, but the actual serial killer wrestler sucks. I hate all of this. I just need to just reiterate that. Miz isn't saying what it is that Dexter Loomis is doing that freaks him out or gets him antsy. Mm. Is there some kind of ridiculous twist coming where he just kind of wants to be his mate or something? Or just there's something else here that isn't just serial killer stuff and torture and physical like threats. I hope so. Yeah. I think there's like, no, no, I don't want to talk about it. I think there's a mystery here that's going to be like a big sort of somewhat humorous twist. Got like a picture of Miz from a stag dude shagging a dog or something. Something oh, like no. that. Oh, no. Yeah. So I don't know what it is, but I, I feel, in spite of myself, compelled to find out that might be me latching onto something. If it is just, oh, I'm just like trying to slowly kill him or psychologically <laughs> torture him, don't draw a picture of his kids. That's nonsense. When you're breaking into his house when he's out. <laughs> really weird. Like, Corey Gray's been presented as the voice of reason. Because there's no... There was, like, no tonal shift. It's not going, like... Mah, 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 when the misses leave the house. It's just, like... That's all, folks. Yeah, it's like Dexter's in the house. And Corey's like, 
why aren't the police being called? This is a national television <laughs> show. <laughs> like, there's loads of people that could do something about this, including telling them he's a Maurice, turn the car around. Yeah, yeah, the and, and then again, that would make sense, that detail. Maurice is like, uh, the police have just told me they're watching Raw and Dexter's in the house. We're going to have to go back. And he's like, no, 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 we don't want to go back to the house. Like, because he can't have them to interact because then the secret about shagging the dog comes out and then it's really like up shit creek. Yeah. I think yeah, he's shagging the dog. That's it. That's yeah, the but... other channel you're thinking of. Um, but also. Uh, it's the other what? Nothing. Um, it's the. Uh, <laughs> also, we've established that these, this cameraman and interviewer are assholes. They were in shoes. What's he doing? So, so they're not paying attention. Yeah. Very detailed. Dexter Lumis takes shoes off at the door. Like, he's in boots. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just to reiterate, it's kind of a car crash. I know it's the worst analogy of all time. I'm sorry, but I, I just need to know if he's actually getting Yeah, tortured. I'm into it. Absolutely. I said it's guilty. I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm, I'm just, I mean, it's I, guilty I just need to know. I just need to know. He's in boots by the door, and one's got a holster in it so he can tuck his cock into it because he's 12 foot tall. It's weird, isn't it? Like, Dexter, Triple H is like, like, Dexter Lumis is like his funnier gallus. Like, no, yeah. We're going all the way with this. We're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, it's happening. Like, like, sort of, he's doing this thing with Cameron Grimes. The referee's a zombie, Paulie. You sure? <laughs> it just makes sense. You, no, nobody gets this. Uh, main event time. Oh, Ed- thank God. Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, and Edge kicked the crap out of Rey Mysterio's son for last parts of this. <laughs> I like the bits where Dom was like trying to be all flashy, being like, oh, there's a counter for you. And Edge just went, kick you in the face. Oh, I quite enjoyed Edge's like, I'm beating his ass because I'm like super experienced at veterans. Like, your best mate's son. <laughs> the two were put, the, the forces were so opposing, weren't they? Like, look, dad, you taught me this. Kip up. Close like fucking head off. <laughs> it's like you know, it's Mike, Michael Owen scoring that goal past that kid. <laughs> but if that kid was his nephew, yeah, no. like, the, like his brother's just off to one. Oh, mate, let him have one in. <laughs> well done, Edge. He's 13. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually he's, he's actually 25, yeah, but look at him. He's 25, and Man United have signed him for four years and trained him, and nothing's happened. <laughs> nothing's happened. It's, it's Darren, what a title. It's, it's Darren Ferguson. <laughs> Who's it? Yeah. Who's he won the Champions League? He went to play for uh, Jonathan Greening. Oh, he yeah, ended up with West Brom. Champions League winner's medal. Still counts? No. <laughs> I love those players who just, you like, Sorry, you've won a Premier League. Lee Chadwick was he another one. Probably. Oh, one yeah. like Roberto Di Matteo's won the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. As a manager, mm. he was a good player. Probably, and he, that was the probably one better that, work than Dominic Mysterio as well. Oh, <laughs> that was one when he was like, oh, "Yeah, who should we play in the um, in the Champions League final?" And I love him. I think he's very talented now, but I think he's found his level. Ryan Bertrand's, I think, the one we need to uh, really, really focus on here. What? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Um, Dom's Dom, Ripley, uh, tries to give him a pep talk during this. Doesn't work. It's just chucking him around ringside. Come on, get you. Remember when you were with me and you, no. Whoa! <laughs> chucked him around ringside. Dom starts playing. Uh, I'm stop it now. Shut <laughs> up. What is it? Just, you want another? <laughs> Ripley has to get involved, trips edge, and that allows Dom to take over. He starts attacking the leg. Um, does the three amigos. Logan Paul better. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Let's yeah, be honest. Uh, goes for a frog splash. Edge knocks him off the top, though. Uh, Edge tries for a superplex, but uh, Ripley uh, holds Dom's leg to stop him doing it, so Edge just eats crap. Uh, Dom shoves Edge off the ropes, hits a frog splash. That gets him a two count. 
Uh, I think he's going for a figure four, but he gets kicked into the ring post. Edge dominates from there. Flapjack, clothesline, edge of Matty gets a two count. Impaler DDT sets up for a spear. I did like the bit where Dom rolled through from that, though, and got him in a single-leg Boston Crab. That was one of the best bits for Dominic here. Um, edge then counters that into a roll-up for a near fall. He traps Dom's arms in the ropes. And the poor bastard's just looking at him going, Sorry, Uncle. <laughs> Edge just beat, beats him up. Um, he's still wrapped in the ropes, and he's going to spear him whilst he's in the ropes, but Ray dives in to stop him, and they argue. Uh, and then all, all judgment day get involved. It goes to a DQ. Priest gets involved, pulls Ray out of the ring, throws him over the announce table. Balor attacks Edge. The bell rings, uh, and then a chair gets brought in, I think, by Ripley. Hits Edge in the leg. They give it to Dom. He batters his uncle's leg with it. And then a brutal-looking coup de gras uh, on the chair or on the leg across the, straight across the chair from Finn Balor, um, who's who's wearing an interesting uh, style choice, the uh, bandana that he was wearing when he came What's in. What's he doing? Mm. This guy used to be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, yeah, ballot, Judgment Day stood, stood tall. Crowd chance you shook as the uh, show goes off the air. They do suck. Yeah. It, yeah. Destroyed Edge, though. We kind of thought, as no, we thought, good. this wasn't going to get a finish, and, you know, it was going to result in... What's the repercussions? Oh, the show makes sense now, though. So. <laughs> right, the Judgment Day beat... It was, it was a good beatdown, but it's, like, fundamentally flawed, and nothing changes that. I like the idea, and, like, and people get really pissy when they're compared. But we're going to do it anyway, because it's a bit of fun. Hang on, wait a second. What did you just say? We're going to do it anyway. Like, best mates, lifelong friends, storyline brothers, on a phone to each other. How's your father kind of son story going? Because she's like, well, it's, it's all right. We've kind of had to make a dinosaur cane <laughs> until I recover <laughs> from this injury. How about you? Well, I'm absolutely kicking the sh out of him in front of Ray. But, like, we're not really sure what we're going to do with it yet. So I've just got to keep doing it. Like, I found this match really, like... Probably a bit of gallows humor. I found it enjoyable in that regard because Edge being the super experienced guy who was also the babyface getting his revenge was a really strange dynamic. Yeah. Like just battering Dominic around the ring, physically, like literally at points. So this sort of worked for me in that sense, but it was frustrating knowing that you were never going to get finished. I, I'm still sort of on the hook for this stupid Rey Mysterio story. Are they going to do the thing where Ray's like, I have no choice but to join. Maybe I can fix my son from within the walls of the Judgment Day. That's something to look at for a bit. He's going to get himself some black and purple masks. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about for him. Yeah. The Judgment Ray. My sandwich! This is my, my WWE. This is, might sound unduly harsh, right? Uh-oh. This was the best possible version of the match, and it still sucks because Dominic Mysterio's bad. I'm sorry. Like, even when he was... Edgy's kind of good at the moment as well. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. Edgy's back a bit. Yeah. The thing is, it's like... I had either dread or perverse anticipation, delete whichever is appropriate, about watching Dominic Mysterio trying to be like the methodical WWE heel. As it happens, they've got the in-ring version of this character completely right. Stupid little dickhead, <laughs> completely out of his depth, easily led astray, and gets murked by Edge throughout in quite perversely entertaining fashion. They did not patronize me with the idea that Dominic Mysterio has somehow become Das Ring General <laughs> overnight because he's like he wears dark clothing and you know it's the heel's job to control. That would be Imperium, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> and that would be the the heel's job to control much of the match that the baby facing. They didn't do that. They actually treated the character and my 
Dominic um, in the Imperium silhouette would look like the end credits of bottom one. Yeah, like, just falling over in the background, just this black shadow. So they absolutely bantered him off as this character. Yeah. It's the only way I could take him seriously. And yet, Dominic's work in the match, even at the most flattering and credible role he could possibly play, was just still not good. There's something I want to say about Dominic Mysterio, and I'm not going to say it until this gets even worse. So look forward to the next uh, reviews. <laughs> well, there we go. Let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, why should you follow all three of us? You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, we'll be back later on today to preview NXT Dubai. Oh! And look back on an incredible first year for this promotion. Only yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, and don't forget, uh, if you're on iTunes or on Spotify, five-star review on there. Um, if you're on Spotify, just leave the five-star review and email me your suggestion of something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of something on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Adam.Wilborn at whatculture.com, just like Jake Smith did today. Thank you once again for that, Jake. It's like the fish there. <laughs> Not just a, a scouser fish. <laughs> For now, this has been the Raw Review, my thanks to the, the, Be- the Beatles as Headless Fish. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> she loves you. <laughs> Don't be smirch. Don't be smirch. Somebody already did it with dogs on YouTube. Not like the Miz did. I mean, like the Beatles with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you do it with dead fish. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't be smirch with Beatles. In the Raw Review, my thanks to the Daddy Boys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you soon. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.